Welcome to episode 168 of the X-Files Retrospective Podcast, released through Bureau 42. I'm your host, Blaine Daller. This week we are taking a look at Season 7, Episode 19, Hollywood AD. The original air date was April 30th of the year 2000. The IMDb user score is 7.7 out of 10. And a good chunk of the action takes place in California, specifically Los Angeles. This was the second time that David Duchovny was writing. He was writing and directing this episode. And it turned out to be something of, a, of an all-star cast. The idea began when he heard that some old pottery actually worked like records and had recorded some of the sounds that were going on in the air around them. You need very sensitive equipment to come up with that. But between that and the story of Mark Hoffman, who forged a bunch of documents that would have cast the Mormonism or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in a very negative light, had his documentation not proven to be fraudulent, and Duchovny managed to put this story together based on that combination of those two ideas. So in this one, Mulder and Scully are investigating a church bombing, which ultimately seems to be a result of a vendetta because of some fraudulent documents that would have cast the church in a very negative light. The church had already purchased them, but it appeared as though they had killed the man who frauded them, specifically to make sure no one ever heard about it. It was ultimately revealed that that wasn't the case. That, yes, they were fraudulent documents, but the man who committed the fraud wasn't actually the guy who died, it was somebody else. As a result of the investigation, Mulder and Scully get sidelined and suspended. It was a very harsh response from Skinner to suspend them, and it may or may not have been because a friend of his from high school was now a Hollywood producer and was shadowing them to make a movie about the FBI. So Mulder and Scully were then free to go to Los Angeles and help work on that production. And this is a movie where Skinner would ultimately get the associate producer credit. So it looks like his harsh response was specifically to get Mulder and Scully down to Los Angeles to help the movie happen. Now, because there's this movie within the movie, they end up with a very impressive cast, some of which seem to have been people that David Duchovny appealed to because he knew them personally. So his character in the movie is played by Gary Shandling. Of course, Duchovny had already appeared on the Larry Sanders show, starring Gary Shandling. Gary Shandler is also known for It's Gary Shandling's Show, as well as playing Senator Stern in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, who we ultimately learn is an agent of Hydra. Now, in the movie, Scully is played by Taya Leone, who at the time was David Duchovny's real-life wife. This is her only X-Files appearance, just as that was Gary Shandling's only X-Files appearance. She had previously appeared in Wyatt Earp, A League of Their Own, Bad Boys, Deep Impact, and she would continue with Family Man, Jurassic Park 3, Hollywood Ending, Spanglish. She's currently playing Elizabeth McCord in Madam Secretary. I'm actually quite surprised that she only has 26 IMDb credits to her name. It clearly did not take her as long as it took a lot of other people to get noticed and really start to headline with so few credits. 
Now, the Hollywood producer Wayne Fetterman is played by an actor named Wayne Fetterman. So it appears to be another case of David Duchovny casting a friend of his. Since at this point, that Wayne Fetterman was an actor who'd guest starred in a number of shows, including The Larry Sanders Show, as well as Baywatch, Doogie Howser, MD. And he's continued to go on with things like Curb Your Enthusiasm and General Hospital. He's also been a writer for Independent Spirit Awards and the Emmys and the Golden Globes. So that seems to be where he's getting a lot of his work these days. Now, Paul Lieber, who forged the documents in the quote-unquote real life on the show, is also known for Alias, What Just Happened, King of California, and Shag. This is his only X-Files credit as Micah Hoffman as opposed to Mark Hoffman. Bill Dow returns as Chuck Burks. He's got two more X-Files appearances, only one as this character. And Tommy Amendola plays the cigarette-smoking pontiff, the actor within the show. He is best known for Annabelle, The Mask of Zorro, Stargate SG-1, and Lone Star. Now, on Stargate, he played Master Bratak. He was in 26 episodes of that series. He was also the voice of the Elder in the first season of the Netflix Castlevania series. And Harris Eulen also appears. He's the quote-unquote real-life priest who feels he's buying these documents specifically to suppress them. The IMDb says he is best known as the judge in Ghostbusters 2, as well as roles in Clear and Present Danger, Scarface, and Training Day. It's not listed there, but he was also in an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine in the first season as Amen Maritza. That is one of the single best episodes of that series. It's right at the tail end of season one. I highly, highly recommend checking that one out. The episode is called Duet. Now, ultimately, when the movie gets made, Mulder Scudley and Skinner are able to watch it in the audience at the Hollywood premiere. At the time, David Duchovny had recently filmed Return to Me with David Alan Greer and Minnie Driver, so they make cameos as audience members. In this one, Minnie Driver, of course, better known for Goodwill Hunting, Gross Point Blank, Phantom of the Opera, and Sleepers. And David Allen Greer, known for In Living Color, the original Jumanji, The Wiz Live, and the CGI Astro Boy film. So one of the stronger casts, even if some of them are just barely cameos. But Mulder and Scully are ultimately able to sort out what's happening and resolve the X-File, although Scully sees some pretty dramatic stuff, including a number of images that say that, yeah, perhaps this terrorist who created the fraudulent documents in trying to think like Jesus actually became an incarnation of Jesus. That's not really followed up on. They also have a conversation about how they'd like to be remembered, and that was David Duchovny writing his goodbyes into the script. At this point, it was known that season seven was going to be his last full season where he appeared in every episode of The X-Files. Or at least it was thought that. Obviously, with seasons 10 and 11, that has since changed. But at the time, this was it. He was going to have limited involvement in season 8. And beyond that, nothing was firm. And nothing was confirmed. After their heart-to-heart, we also get a little clip of zombies dancing, because there's an interpretation where, well, no, when zombies come back from the dead, 
they're just running on instinct and enjoying all the things that they enjoyed in life. First, eating and drinking. And then if we let it run long enough, there's singing, there's dancing, there's lovemaking, and that's kind of where they're going. So it is a neat little piece at the end, but to me it felt just out of place. The episode is already over. It is just a set piece, but it's an expensive and well-choreographed set piece that has nothing to do with the character arcs of the characters in this particular episode. Personally, I think the episode would have been stronger without that dance and with more time spent on things like the investigation and you know, even the, the Hollywood satire moving into it and all of that stuff. Because this does have a lot of Hollywood satire, including a three-way phone conversation in bubble baths that is a direct reference to Pillow Talk with Rock Hudson and Doris Day. So it's definitely good. I just think it could have and probably should have been better. But with Duchovny starring, writing, and directing, this also explains why he spent a good chunk of last week's episode lying in bed. He just needed that prep time. Now, as for the science, yes, there is a real possibility of recording sounds in pottery if they're being made on pottery wheels, but it doesn't come through nearly this clearly. Plus, you know, there's the words that go along with it. If it's a recording of someone, does it work as well as that person? If it's supposed to be that supernatural individual, in this case, Jesus, who was able to create things, would a recording do that? There's just a whole lot of questions. So the science doesn't really work, but this one isn't about the science. This is that Hollywood satire with enough of an X-File to hold the script together. Anyway, that's about it for this episode. Join us again in two weeks' time when we discuss Fight Club. Thank you for listening.